2: Record better audio anywhere with Motive Digital Microphones from Shure.
0: Easy-to-use options like the MV88 plug directly into your phone or computer and include a free app.
1: Create studio-quality sound for podcasts, music, and videos. Visit Sure.com to learn more. <laughs> ¶¶
2: Welcome back to the heavy metal mayhem radio show. It's August 14th. The month is creeping on. We have one more show left this month next week, and then I will be on vacation and we'll be back strong in September to celebrate our eighth anniversary. We got a lot of great guests lined up for the month, but tonight Chris violence. will be calling in first at about six thirty Eastern time, followed by Don Dottie from eliminate and dark angel at seven or at least I hope so. I haven't been able to get in touch with him for a couple of days now, but I do have his number. So, uh, At least we'll keep calling him until he answers the phone. All right. Right there, Saxon, Princess of the Night. Uh, That's not the original version of the song. This came off the Heavy Metal Thunder record. I believe it came out in 2002. Uh, They had re-recorded a lot of old songs. It was a two-disc set. There were like 30 songs on there. Uh, For some reason, I could not get the original to play today, so I had to go with the re-recorded one. It wasn't bad, but I'm not really a big fan of a lot of the bands that went and re-recorded some old albums. I mean... It's cool. Sometimes you hear a couple of songs that sound better because the, you know, the production values is much better today than it were in the 80s. But it's just missing something, and you can hear it in that song. It just doesn't have the same vibe as the original. I mean, it took 25, 30 years later. But you know, that's what happens. But we're gonna keep the music flowing here for as long as we can until our first guest calls in, and then uh, the show will be over when we're done, right? Okay. Next up, some acid. Let me die. <laughs>
1: Questions that you ask of me
2: There you go. You wanted some Hellstar, Dracula's Castle. Hellstar is playing in Brooklyn tonight with Omen, and I believe there are two other bands on the bill. I'm not even sure who they are, to be honest with you. Uh, that show uh, it's probably going off right about now. Uh, most of the show is at the St. Vitus Bar in Brooklyn end uh, between 11 and 11.30 at the latest. Nothing ever really goes past 11.30 because it's a residential neighborhood, and I guess they want to keep the neighbors happy and, and keep the place open. Uh, I was thinking about running there after the show tonight, but I have to tell you, I went there, I think, three times in the last six or seven weeks to see a couple of bands, and if there were more than 10 people in the audience at both of those shows, that was a lot. It's kind of depressing when you get there. And there's, like, nobody there, and I wound up going to most of these shows alone Cause nobody really ever wants to go, go with me. So uh, it's, it's, it's been horrible the last couple of times. I feel like 100 people responded to the event to invite for tonight's show, which means maybe 25, if three the lucky, of those will show up. I think that's the reason they put a lot of bands on the bill, because a lot of the bands stick around like to support each other, and, and they kind of fill up the audience. So that's really mostly what, what, what the crowd is today. It's mostly all the bands on the bill. So a few people there, and I just saw tonight that they had discounted the tickets for tonight's show, which leads me to believe it's not going to be a very big crowd. Uh, I'm going to give Mike Sabatini from Attack a call later and I'll find out how it went. I know he went there tonight uh, to go see the show, uh, but and I also saw that Hellstar, who's supposed to be the headlining act, is going on before Omen. That's another thing that a lot of bands are doing today. like you know the headlining act isn't going on at the end of the show to close it out; they're going on in the middle of the bill because they want to play while the audience is still there before they start leaving. But, I mean, that always bothered me. I've seen the Rods, the Rods have done that quite a few times. I've noticed that Hellstar has been doing that. And, I, I mean, if you're the headlining act, if you're the band that's supposed to be the band on the bill that's bringing the people in, you shouldn't have to worry about people being there when you close out the show. And if you have to go on earlier in the in the night to make sure that you're guaranteed some sort of crowd uh, because you're afraid they're going to leave if you go on later, then you really you're not you know headline worthy, in my opinion. I mean, you're the band that's to draw. You're the band that's supposed to bring the people in. Right? But a lot of these clubs rely on, like, the local acts, which really aren't doing it either anymore. I mean, that's why they make them sell tickets, so they guarantee that so many people will be there. But to me, if you're the headlining act, you should close the show out, and you should be confident enough that you're going to bring the people in to do it. If not, then maybe you shouldn't be on the road. I mean, I was looking at some pictures from this tour. The audiences don't really look very crowded. But, you know, that's because a lot of people do stay at the back. Nobody really goes up to the front anymore. That's where most of the pictures are taken. So I I don't know. I don't see being a big crowd tonight. It's a Sunday night. It's about 175,000 degrees here in New York. It's the middle of the you know August when the crowds, everything is light in in this time of year. Most people are on vacation, even the radio show. This is like a very light month for the radio show. Most people aren't sitting around the houses. You know, it's warm. They're all outside. Uh, But I don't see being a big crowd tonight, and it's a shame, you know. I'd like to know how they they all made out. I'll I'll check with Mike later on and see if I can get a report on the show. I know Razor is coming in next week. They were supposed to play a while ago, and uh, something happened, I guess, with getting into the the country. Even though they're coming from Canada, uh, they gave them a hard time, I guess, about getting in here, and they they couldn't get, uh, I guess, work visas or whether they need to play here. So that show was canceled, but that show looked like it was going to be a pretty well-stocked show. So I'm curious if they're going to be able to do that again in a few weeks when they come. A lot of people responded to that invite. But like I said, that's just people clicking yes on Facebook actually showing up as another thing. So we'll see what happens. But that one looks to potentially be a pretty good show. We'll we'll have to see. All right. That was Hellstar's Dracula's Castle. Before that, New Jersey's very own Blessed Death with Omen of Fate, a song that band wrote after having a car accident and having a Merciful Fate tune came on. And they believe that King Diamond's voice led them out of that car wreck. Great band, one that I keep hoping will get back together, uh, just like even for like a one or two reunion shows, you know, a festival date, something. But I don't see it ever happening with those guys, so uh, we'll have to see. All right, let's get on another tune. We'll get some more news on after that. Uh, you know what? We got brand new Hobbs Angel of Death. I haven't had a chance to play it myself. I just got it yesterday, and I did get a chance. So uh, we'll play one song off that together. We'll see what it sounds like and uh, see if it's worth buying the album for. Here's a song called Final Feast. You know, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, it kind of has that classic hob sound, just, you know, updated. And uh, I, want, I don't want to say modern because it seems to be like a bad word when you talk about classic heavy metal. But just, it just sounds pretty good, I have to say. I'm going to have to go through the whole uh, album. This week, and check everything out. I just randomly picked any song off it usually, I always try to lead off with the best song and then it kind of goes downhill from there with a lot of bands. but I grabbed that out of the middle of the the album set, so not too bad, I have to say so we 'll get more of that on in the upcoming weeks i 've tried to interview him quite a few times. And we could just never make it work out between the time difference between here and Australia. And even when they kind of came here to New York, I tried to make it happen. But you wanted to do it at the club, and I just couldn't get there that night. So it never came to pass. pass. But uh, I will keep trying, and hopefully we can make that happen again. We shall see. All right. Uh, Imam was talking about Krilsen. Uh Let me see. I think I actually have. Some music by the band uploaded. Maybe we might have to do it after the interview because uh, Chris, Mass Egg, and Chris is on the line right now. So uh, after the interview, uh, we'll get to that, I promise. So uh, let's connect Chris here and get this interview going. Hey, Chris, it's Mike. You there? Yeah. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good, man. How you been? I'm really doing good. Thanks. Uh, it's great to have you on here today. Listen, you kind of undertook, you know, like a major undertaking, if that makes any sense, uh, with, with this latest album of yours over here.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we uh, wanted to reach outside of the box and do something nobody's done before.
2: Uh, well, I think you accomplished that. I mean, when people think about like a concept record, uh, it seems like most bands always want to try to break it down to like, you know, three or four minute songs and make each song individual and stand on its own. So I guess they can get airplay and get attention for it. You said, the hell with that. <laughs> We're just going all in.
0: Yeah, I... Didn't actually think anyone would uh, actually ever play the thing, but uh, it's been received fairly well. I'm surprised.
2: Yeah. Well, what made you come? I mean, I mean, if I'm right, you literally took you know the story word for word and matched it up to the music. Is that correct?
0: Yes. That, yeah. Edgar Allan Poe's "The Raven." Yes, word for word.
2: That that seems to me like an impossible task musically to come up because it really wasn't meant to be that way let's get back to the beginning the music was actually written ahead of time
0: yes the music was written two years ago um john debose is a friend of mine i've been working with since 1991 we've been in multiple bands together thrash metal bands over the years and uh <clears throat> he was on my american ripper album from 2014 bass and uh rhythm guitar he arranged the drums basically did everything let me sing on it and release it with my own name you know the guy's just amazing yeah and uh after that we started talking figure out what we were going to do and he came up with this idea of this big body of music he uh told me all about it we were originally going to cut it into five pieces and uh i just could not find a subject big enough for that whole thing I mean, I worked, I start writing, and then I, would, I just didn't like it. It wasn't big enough. It wasn't, you know, strong enough. Um, and uh, sometime earlier I had heard Christopher Walken on YouTube reading The Raven. And I just, at the time, I thought, man, that would just make such a killer heavy metal song. And then it just faded away. And then one night when I was listening again to John's music, trying to figure out some lyrics for it, it popped into my head, I wonder if The Raven would fit on it. And it did completely unedited end to end. The words fit perfectly over the music, as oddly as it
2: is. See, to me, that's amazing that you, like, you, you know, you figure you would have to change some words around to make them sound like they could fit or to, to make it fit that way. I mean, I, it's just, I, I, I scratch my head when I hear that. It's unheard of, like, uh, to a big body just like that and put it together.
0: Absolutely. Even me, I mean, it, it, it's bizarre to me uh, that the music's completely unedited. That's what John gave me two years prior. And then, of course, you know, I can't edit Edgar Allan Poe. So, uh, you know, that it's 1860 words as it was written.
2: Wow. And, you know, it's funny, maybe because, like, you know, we know that it's the Raven and the music now I'm going together here, but it seems like it was meant to be that way. I mean, the music wasn't it, written with that mind, like you said, but it's just, it's just haunting and it kind of fits.
0: It is. It is very bizarre. I mean, I. I mean, uh, as I'm doing these, these interviews with people, I mean, I'm tripping out too. Believe me, it, it's just, it's weird.
2: It's very strange. It is. Is there a physical product that people can buy? Is it just strictly download? Do you have CDs available? Uh,
0: st- n- nope, nope. Just strictly download for free on my website, chrisviolence.com.
2: Wow. A lot of bands are going to hate you for giving away free music. (laughs) They get very upset with that. No, I know. I know. And, you know, you
0: download all my music, my American Rippers for free. There's another song, a single called Push Button Pain that's for free. So,
2: yeah. And on the new record, you actually have Maxwell Carlow helping you out on guitar work on this, right? Max is an amazing guitar player.
0: Yeah, he is. And he's just, you know, I, I was speaking with him and just kind of ran the question by, you know, Hey, you know, I'm talking with somebody who's just one of the greatest guitar players living right now that's burning it up. Young guy, too. Yeah. And just for the hell of it, I actually didn't expect him to say yes. Um, and he did, And but he was going on tour, so I didn't expect there to be anything anytime soon. He recorded that on the... From what he told me, he recorded that on the bus. His guitar wow. soul that's on that song. Yeah.
2: That's pretty cool. I mean, how do you... I mean, how's, how do you think the reaction is so far to Because it is off the beaten path. It's not like, you know, what normally people would want to listen to. It really takes time to sit down and get into this. I mean, you really got to like, you know, play through.
0: Yeah. You know, and I, I, all I ask anybody is if you got 24 minutes to spare, you know, give me 24 minutes. And then if you never listen to it again, then you never listen to it again. But I honestly think that it is so powerful that, uh, you know, it, it might even be 20 years before people go back and go, wow, man, that was really, that was really gnarly. You know? Yeah,
2: and there's a, there's a
0: video that goes with it too, so they can check that out.
2: That would be cool. You know, you're right, but like you said, 20 years from now, this might be commonplace for a lot of bands that do stuff like this. But you know, you were one of the first to really make it happen, and that's that's pretty impressive.
0: Thank you, man. I think that is cool, and, and a lot of it, you know, this a lot of this goes to John Debose for making this giant piece of music. You know, I mean, he, this guy was on a mission. It took me nine months to record the lyrics. It took John about maybe a month and a half, two months of hard work, just dove into this thing to create the music, and and that says a lot about the guy.
2: I think I read on your blog that you were talking about breaking it down into five songs sometime in the future. Was that something you were thinking about that you just gave up on because you kind of like it the way it is now?
0: Yeah, No, that was the original plan. It was going to be called uh, The Five Realms, and it was going to have kind of a mystical thing, kind of fantasy uh, and I just couldn't, I just, you know, I get started on, there's going to be five different subjects that all tie together, and I get through two of them, and then it's like, well, where do I go now? You know, I'm, I'm not so much of a fantasy writer, I'm more of a harsh reality kind of guy, so. Yeah. Are you going to take this out live? Is this
2: something that you'd be able to do live? Uh,
0: there's no plans for that now. And no? I, I think I'd need a teleprompter, man. I mean, this
1: <laughs> is
2: 1860
0: <laughs> words, there's no chorus. You know, so nothing repeats. it's just ongoing.
2: Uh, how was that in the recording studio? I mean, how long did it take you to actually lay it down because when you listen to the album it sounds like you really nailed it like straight through without ever stopping, but I know that had to have been impossible so, to do. yeah, it, it took me nine months Wow. It took me nine months and a
0: lot of it is the fact that you know first i I built it from both ends um and then worked towards the center, as odd as that is um and then you know, by the time you lay something down and you listen to it, there's 30 minutes is gone, you know, so each time I'd have to listen to it and try and figure out where the next part was going. to I mean, I, I was doing eight and 10 hours a day and it would just it was just eating up so much time because the song is so long, but that's what it takes.
2: Yeah. Well, how, when you did go into record, I mean, how much of it would you be able to get down like in one take before you had to take a break or stop or maybe mess something up?
0: I was doing pretty good. You know, once I get on a flow, my pronunciation does pretty well. The the times where I hit a wall was a lot of the verbiage that Edgar Allan Poe wrote down, keep in mind that was written in the late 1800s, a lot of that language is dead. People don't speak like that anymore. A lot of those words, I didn't even know what they meant. I had to go look them (laughs) up. I had to figure out the pronunciation. What does this word mean? I want to at least sound like I know what I'm talking about, you know? And so there were some walls I I really had to hit and figure out and then try and figure out how to pronounce them properly and at speed because this is speed metal after all.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, did you ever get going like for a good five or ten minutes and then just like screw things up have to start over again and say, damn?
0: (laughs) There were some times, yeah, where I – it's like, oh my god, I got all the way to the end again and I screwed it up. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I had to start over. Yeah, there was. I I hit a couple of verses where I, I you know, it, it took two days to get the the damn paragraph down, and because I had to keep starting over and over again. It's like, okay, I got to go for a motorcycle ride. I got I got to get out of here.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you top this now? I mean, I, I mean, it seems like you know to try to do something like this again would be almost impossible.
1: Yeah, you know, I I
0: had thought of maybe looking for more poetry to do, but uh, I'm not saying I wouldn't down the line. I I don't know. But uh, John and I are are already discussing something else. It'll be it won't be something that long. It'll be a traditional speed thrash song. But we're we're definitely going to go for the record on the next one as well, because we've got some ideas and got
2: to
0: always got to have a new idea, you know.
2: That's true. I mean, you, you, people know who you are today, tomorrow, they forget about you. We're such a short-term memory society today. And that that's the sickest part about it is that something like this, you could play through over and over again. You just got to like give it a chance to grow on you. But like if you don't hit people up today right away, they'd like just disappear.
0: Yeah. And I, believe me, I understand the irony of releasing a 24 minute song in a, in a time period when people only have eight seconds worth of attention span. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, you know, my American Ripper album kind of came from a different era as well because that album is very diverse. One of the first records I ever got was Queen's News of the World. That was probably from, I don't know, 78, 79, 80, somewhere around there. And it was it was everything. There was opera. There was rock. There was punk. There was everything that was happening in music was on one record. And you don't get that anymore. It doesn't matter what to- You know, it doesn't matter if you're going to buy a a pop album, every song, Katy Perry, every song sounds exactly the same. If you go buy a metal record, every song sounds exactly the same. There's no diversity. And I released an album with diversity. And of course, you know, what the hell is this? People don't don't get it, you know. But as an artist, artist, I I use that loosely term, by the (laughs) way, Um, as an artist, you know, you want to do what your brain wants you to do.
2: Yeah. Why do you think that worked in the seventies? I, I agree with you. I mean, you were more willing to like listen to things that were all mixed up and you know together. Today, is, is it the people that have made? Is it like the fans that have made it that way, where they feel like you know what? If I say I listen to something that's not as hard as it should be, I look like a pussy, and I, I don't want people to think that way. Or is it just the, like people just don't care no more because we were so willing to listen um, to everything I, back then? I think that I think that people today, if you if you went and grabbed some
0: sixteen-year-old's iPod they've got everything from Ozzy to Katy Perry to Beyonce to Slayer on, you know, they're listening to it all. But I believe it's the lawyers at these record companies. and You know, just a handful of years ago, I, I spent 18 years in a band called Cessation of Life, and when we were dealing with record companies and dealing with uh, executives, we were being told three to 320 length songs, three minutes, 320 seconds, long. Every song on the album is exactly the same. No diver. That's what we were being told. And we, and we were just like, you know, fuck this man. And of course we were given the middle finger for not listening. And I think that, I think that people would listen to it, but well, maybe since in the last 20 years, the the, the consumer has also changed because they've been bred into this new direction. But I think that back in the seventies, you know a, a record company would say you guys go in that room over there and you don't come out till you got an album and they didn't have to deal with lawyers and they didn't have to deal with executives telling them how to write you know
2: yeah or no, but the he,
0: eagles never wrote that way
2: true but it was a different world back then you had the record labels back in and it was easy to sit in the studio and write when they were paying for it today it's a whole different a whole different ball game i mean the good part is bands have complete control over like their destiny and where they go and what they do. Bad part, it's mostly fun to buy themselves and it can get really expensive. Even with all this home technology we have right now and people have their own studios and recording equipment, it still can be pricey, expensive and you know, it's, it's a labor yeah. of love basically because you're not going to recoup a lot of times.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's true.
2: Yeah. But at
0: the same it's time, the same. it's a great time to be a metal fan because there is so much incredible metal being made right now. By by bands all over the world that, because they have that technology in their computer at home, I mean, as a metal fan, I mean, this, I'm stoked. There's metal and brand yeah. new metal coming in all the time.
2: Yeah, back then you had to wait till Tuesday. Tuesday was record release day.
0: <laughs> go to yeah, your <laughs> record.
2: That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I was always ride my bike
0: down to licorice Pizza and go buy the newest <laughs> vinyl. You know, and hope it didn't
2: hope it didn't melt before you got home. That's right. <laughs> Especially with the weather we're having right now here on the East Coast. It's brutal. It's, it's hot out.
0: <laughs> oh, same here on the West Coast,
2: man. Oh, God. So, so what do you got cooking right now? I mean, this is all brand new. I know you want to promote this and get this out there, but what's next? Do you have anything else cooking right now? Yeah, actually, I
0: recorded three songs with a band called Exania out of Romania, okay. <clears throat> and that's actually that's going to be released on the 15th of August. Um, and that's I just did three songs. It's going to be on a four-song uh, EP, and uh, some thrash metal there. That, that all that information will be on uh, ChrisViolence.com, so you can go there. All my uh, social medias, all the links, everything's there.
2: And people can go there and download the Raven because you have it available for everybody for free, which is a great thing for the fans. You know that you get the music, but a lot of bands are so against that today because they feel it's it's cutting into their sales. But it just seems like there's not a lot of money in record sales, even no matter what level you're on today. At least in metal.
0: Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm no longer touring myself. I know the the bands that are touring get out there and they can make some money. Uh, you know, and they can sell their physical product. Uh, me personally, I don't have the opportunity to get as much. You know, into the people's hands. So it's just easiest to give it away. I would rather people have it and listen to it than have, you know, marginal sales of it and then nobody's listening to it.
2: Yeah, no, I get that. I kind of agree. Hey, Chris, you still got the radio show? You still doing that? No,
0: no. I had to make a choice, man. I, I had, as you know, it's massively time consuming to do a proper yeah. show. You know, research the bands you're playing, because you don't want to just, oh, somebody submitted a a song, so you just play it. Well, you didn't listen to it. You know, if you're going to do a quality show, it takes a lot of time. I was doing about 30 hours a week, and uh, I was not able to make music and do that at the same time, so I had to make that decision.
2: Yeah, it does take a lot of work. That's why I don't put any effort into the show anymore. <laughs> I just gave up. No, no way. Well, you know what always bothered me. I mean, and you know, because you're host of the show, you, you know, you have a guest coming on, and like I said, you prepare. You know, you look things up. You want to make sure you give them a good interview. When you, and then like you spend so much time. Like I said, you go 30 hours a week doing this, and then the show comes around, and they don't call in. They cancel at the last second. You get so uh... frustrated. Because you put so much oh. effort into it, and they're like, "Ah, oh, well, you know what? I was in the pool. I forgot it." <laughs> like, you know, fuck you. Well, I, mean, I, I can see my, a serious thing happening, but you know.
0: My absolute favorite is, you know, So the new album's out. You're getting ready to go on tour. You're you're on tour with Van Halen. What are you
2: expecting this to be? Good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. <Yep>. Next question. <laughs>
2: you can hear the crickets in the background.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's just classic.
2: Yeah, it's like extracting teeth with some guests, and sometimes I say to myself, I get it when you're like a, a band that has to do PR, you have to do the promotion, you are you know, this is your living, you put records out, you tour, you make money, this is all you do. So I, I get that, but like, I see some people come on here, and I'm like, you wanted to come on the show, why'd you want to come on if you don't even want to talk? I mean, you know, I, I think you're not promoting anything, you don't have anything to talk about, but you asked me to come on, and you're like, uh-huh, yeah, I'm like, I, I don't get it. <laughs> That's
0: the life of being a DJ man.
2: Yeah, you know. And then you'll get the bands that have done this for so long. It doesn't matter what you ask them, they have that standard question, they're gonna and they answer every every DJ with the same exact answer. It's just like they plug away at it and they do it all day long.
0: Oh yeah. Oh I was interviewing a guy who was watching football and he's just ignoring me. I'm asking questions and he's cheering at the television set. And it's like, <laughs> Really? This is what we're doing here?
2: Okay Yeah, you get a few of those over there. Uh, so, the band you were just talking about, you recorded three songs with, is this something you might turn into something more full- time or was it just looking to help them out or they wanted you to sing for them?
0: We've already talked about doing a few more down the line, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, this is just getting finished. we I probably recorded maybe six months ago, so it's taken a little time. There's going to be some music videos for that. and'll we'll see, we'll see what happens next. If they present me with some music, I'll sing on it. Why
2: not if it's good?: Yeah. I know it's like you were saying with the with the Raven, like two years in the making, you know, eight or nine months recording it. Does it ever get frustrating where you're like, you know, I just want to get this out there now? And like, because when you do play it over and over again, after a while you start thinking less and less of it because you're so involved in it. You know, you don't not realize that other people are going to be hearing it for the first time, you know, like a year later, and it's going to be new to them where it's kind of like burnt into you and you're kind of drained on it.
0: You know, first, when... I had gone a year without even recording a word on it. I couldn't even come up with a concept. I was getting really bummed that John had put so much work into it, and I couldn't seem to get it finished. So I was hell-bent for leather to get it done one way or another. And it, And I knew it had to be good. You can't do something like this and have it be absolute garbage because now you've made a fool out of yourself. So there was a lot of pressure there to make sure that, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to promote it, and I'm going to put my name on it and his name on it, then it better be something special. Um, yeah. then, then it's all the process, like you said. But I actually don't get burned out on stuff like that. I, I'm the kind of guy I can, I can listen to it a thousand times. I really can. Yeah. And the more I hear it, the more I hear the little tiny details that John put into it. John's a very meticulous guy. And you, you, if you listen to the, the music and what Maxwell Carlyle did on it, and Matthias Menente also played lead guitar, uh, front and back on that. And I mean, when you listen to the details, um, the guy, uh, there's a professional Foley artist. Um, Bestinini is his last name. He, he, he heard about this project and made the intro for that. He's a professional Foley artist, made all the sound effects. It's beautiful. Um, all the details that are in there, the more you listen to it, the more you're going to pull out of it. And, uh, and I think the same thing goes with the video. If you watch the video, it just, it just drags you through the whole thing. You know, before you know it, you've just lost 30 minutes of your life. You're never getting back.
2: (laughs) I haven't had a chance to watch the video yet, but I'm going to do that later on after the show is over. Do you think that you're your own worst critic that you're harder on yourself than other people would be on you when it comes to recording?
0: Uh, I think a lot of musicians are, I definitely am. You know, I mean, I spent my whole life as, you know, as a singer, always striving for that, you know, as close to 100% as I could get. Never achieving it ever, you know. Every every song I've ever sang, it's like, okay, that was, you know, people say, oh, that was absolutely great. Uh, you know, that was like 70%. You know, I, I'm always trying for more, but you, it's so hard to get there. At least, you know, in my mind.
2: Well, you accomplished that with this record, and if you've never did anything else in your life musically, this really is a little bit of a legacy that you're going to leave behind for people in the music world.
0: Thank you, Mike. That means a lot to me, man. It really does.
2: Uh, I appreciate it. It was a great job. And Chris, I'm going to cut you loose in about two minutes. I want to get on some music and everything, and we've got another guest lined up right after you. But man, the best of luck with this album. And like I said, people can get it for free right off your website. Where's the best place? ChrisViolence.com? That's
0: it. ChrisViolence.com.
2: Uh, man, great job on here. And uh, if you ever go back to it again, look at the Roger Zelazny. He was a great writer, <laughs> fiction writer back in the 70s. Yep. Try to put something in history, music.
0: <laughs> I'll think of it. I'll think about it.
2: <laughs> All right. I love it. Chris, you take care, man. It's great talking with you. You too. Thanks a lot, Mike. Take care. Good talking to you. All right. Check out The Raven. I'm going to try to get it on towards the end of the show because it's like you said, it's 25 minutes long. And if I play it now... Uh it'll be still be on when we have the interview coming up with Don Dottie. So I I gotta wait till after that and we'll try to get it on the closeout. Like I said, it's a long song, but we got the time. I think we we'll could be able to get it in there. All right, but let me see what we can do for you right now. How about some Tyrant pace? <laughs> Some Exodus, and then there were none. What a great band! They've been out on the road. Zetro's back in the fold again, but you know, uh, the kind of the guitar player's kind of missing in action, uh, doing all those Slay dates and everything. So it'd be great if Gary would get back into the Exodus fold, start writing new music. I know Paul was talking about that, and I mean, uh, Steve was talking about that in an interview uh, not long ago. Uh, hopefully, they can make it happen. He can get back, uh, you know, up on stage with them live. I know Slay is like a bigger thing. You know, he's probably making a hell of a lot more money doing that than he ever did with Exodus. But it'd be cool to see him get back to his original band. He kept this band going through through thick and thin, through all the decades. You know, when metal was high and low. uh, And then he just kind of like, you know, abandoned it for Slayer. Uh, And it sucked when Zetro came back in because it brought a little bit more credibility back to the band, in my opinion, uh, than when they had Rob Dukes in there. So we'll see what happens. Maybe 2017, Slayer out on the road again right now. Uh, There was an interview, I guess it was was with Kerry King, uh, maybe him and Tom Murray were both in the interview. And they were making it sound like, you know, they don't get the tingles like when they get up on stage anymore. It's like a job to them, you know. Uh, He was saying basically playing live is a job. You know, I'm I'm lucky to have a job, I guess. And uh, I mean, that probably explains why the music Slayer has been putting out for the last 15 years or or probably better. Hasn't been that good. I mean, to me, it just seems like their heart is not in the band anymore when you you think about it. And I want to say that this was even before Jeff Haneman passed away. Uh, you could just see the albums all sounding the same. Tom O'Reilly, I mean, the other night I was going to work, and I had old Metallica. I had, like, the first two Metallica records on, on the MP3 player in the car, and, you know, the first couple of Slayer records. And I was just like, damn, I forgot how good this stuff is because the newest stuff by both the bands has been so bad over the years that I kind of just gave up on them and didn't really even bother listening to a lot of them. I mean, when I played on the show, I played because sometimes people requested it, or it's just on that week's playlist, and, you know, we played. But I was like... I really haven't been to these bands for so many years and sometimes for decades with some of them. Then you go back to those old days. I mean, I think the worst thing that Metallic ever did was let Rob Rock convince James Hetfield to become a singer and actually sing. And I know the Black Album was the biggest album and it's the album that broke them and made them as big as they are today. Uh, but I can't stand listening to James Hetfield trying to sing like a real singer and be a singer. I listened to, you know, those first two records and his voice was so raw and so intense. I mean that's what I want to hear, you know, like the way Lemmy had it all those years. Lemmy never gave up on that. And but like he tried to sing, become a singer and it just killed all those songs. And then I was listening to, like, some old Slayer. In you know, fact, I'm going to get some Slayer right after this. Now that we talking about it because I want to hear some old Slayer. Uh, I was listening to that. And, like, Tom Murray's voice also was so intense and so raw. Like, you know, you, the hair stood up on, on, on the back of your neck. And now you hear him today, and it just sounds like he's screaming the same words out the same way for every song. I mean, it, it sounds like one of those car- – it sounds like a peanut cartoon when the parents are in the background talking. And you really can't hear what they're saying, but it's just really annoying. And that's the way his voice has become to me. I mean, every Slayer song is like, ah, rah, 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 rah. I I like, there's no differential between any songs that they've ever put out over the years. And then you go back to those early records, and they just kick ass, you know? And I'm like, damn. I said, I know times change, people change, music changes, but that kind of killed us for me with both of those bands. But you know what? Since we're talking about Slayer, I mean, I kind of think we have to play some right now. Let's go old school, die by the sword. Angel, we have arrived. We're going to reach out to Don in a few minutes, see if he remembers that he has an interview with us tonight. I haven't been able to get him uh, for quite a few days. But before John was asking about Overkill, they got their new record coming out in November, John, called Grinding Wheel. We're going to check that out when it comes out. And next week, we have the original Overkill guitar player, Bobby Gustafsson, on the show. He's got his band, Satan's Taint, and he's also in a band now with uh, the old, uh, what do you call it, Overkill drummer, Sid Sal. And uh, John Alex Raven called Hail Mary. So we'll talk to him about all of that. And don't forget to stick around. It's going to be a great show next week. All right, let's uh, give Don a call here. Let me uh, type in this number. Hang on a second here. Ba-ba-ba. 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 All right, here we go. not looking too promising right now that's not looking too good but i tell you i'm already i'm already grabbing the book i'm taking out the cover page <laughs> All right, let's uh let's put that on hold and let's see if I can try something else here. Okay, all righty. Hang on a second. You know what, let me go into a song. Uh, I'm gonna reach out to uh, Joe Cangelosi. Uh He's out there with him right now, they're rehearsing. Uh, see if Joe can get him for me and uh, we'll try to do this interview. All right, so let me see what we can play right now. How about some Heavy Load, Heathens from the North. some heavy low with heathens from the north let's try Don one more time after this we will going to pack it in for tonight with him and uh, add him to the book there we go hello Don, this is Mike from Heavy Metal Mayhem calling for our interview. Hey, what's up, Mike? Good. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. I'm sitting here with the guy,
3: just kind of chilling, getting ready for uh, the practice tonight and uh, do, the show to, do the show tomorrow.
2: Oh, great. Well, you got, you got a whole bunch of shows lined up this week, right?
3: Yes, we do. We actually uh, will be doing um, uh, L.A., then we're going to San Diego, then we're going to Las Vegas, then we're coming back to um, the O.C. and play Fullerton. And from there, we're gonna play uh, San Francisco on Friday night.
2: Wow, nice! I mean, it's taking you a little while to get eliminate going and to find the right members and to put everything together. Is this where you want the band to be at right now?
3: I'm I'm really pleased with where we're at right now. I things are going. Um, I've got nothing but veterans in here, man. These guys are good. These guys are damn good. Um, Kelly being the uh, the guy who's stepping in right now for me. Um, you know, he's he's with you know pessimists. He's with uh, possessed. He was with. Um, on Holy Spirit, uh, I mean, just just a lot of experience and just picking up the the material like it's you know old old hat. It, it really comes together real nice. And even even the new uh, the new songs that we're doing from uh, from Eliminate, uh, just picking them right up and uh, it's going really smooth. It's going really well.
2: Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I, I guess with the live set, you know, are you mixing in the new Eliminate songs, some of the old Dark Angel, or are you mix are you doing some yeah. songs from some of the other bands that the guys were in because they were in a lot of quality bands the other members too.
3: Yeah, there's we what I plan on doing is maybe you know doing doing what the what the fans want. Um, if the fans want to hear some DA, then I'm gonna play DA. If they want to hear a little bit of Eliminate, I'm gonna play some Eliminate. I might even throw in a you know one of the other guys' songs here or there. You know, you might even hear something you know from from a higher or something. I don't know or, or wherever. Um, you know, just it depends what the crowd's you know hungry for that night. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's we're just gonna go out and have some fun and, and give give the fans what they want and some. Uh, some old school metal in
2: uh, in today's age. That's, I mean I'm dying to hear the eliminated stuff. I can't wait for you to start putting some of that music out so we you know, we can really hear it. But the fans definitely yep. want to hear the Dark Angel stuff, especially the first two records that you won with them. Uh I think yeah. I think most die hard Dark Angel fans were really disappointed that you weren't a part of that, that reunion. And I remember mean, when I first heard oh, about the one, it. The one I, I started. Yeah, the one I started. Yeah, yeah the one just... I the one I started. Yeah, that about a bit. I heard you uh, doing yeah. it, and then i was like, "What happened?" He, he was talking about it, and now he's back yeah. in. I mean, and that I mean, I'm not taking anything against it, away from the band and the other albums, but those two records are what defined Dark Angel. Those first two records. I,
3: yeah, that's that's where, and you know what? It really it really caught me. Uh, you know, it took me back a step two because Jim and I were actually writing. Um, we had written one song already, and we were starting on our second song for uh, like a new album. You know, like Dark Angel, like it used to be. Um, and then another member came in and, um, decided that, you know, he still had some uh, old grudges against me. And, um, because he's been doing it for the last 25 years, um, basically told the guys, Hey, do you want to go with Don or you want to come with me? And, um, Hey, I would have did the same thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down on the guys. Um, yeah. you know, even, even Eric, who was by my side all the way to the end, I looked over at him and I said, Hey, Eric, they're going to go do this. Go man. I, I, I do that. I, I appreciate your loyalty. I appreciate LHR, man. But go, go with, go with them, and, and go do the shows, man, because they're they're good shows. I know because I book, yeah. I booked most of them. Um, <laughs> oh <laughs> gosh. Yeah, so it kind it kind of took me back that even my own shows that I book, I didn't get to do. But it's cool, you know. To each his own, and, and I'm I'm, I'm actually thankful for it because um, I've got to, I've got the uh, opportunity to to write with some with some really good good musicians. And uh, we're putting together some really good music, and it's just been a blessing. I'm I'm, I'm glad that you know what happened happened because uh, you're gonna I get to do what I want to do, you know, and not yeah. so much what a certain um another person in the band wanted to do. And and uh, but yeah, you're gonna hear some old old flavor Dark Angel, but in new tunes. So uh,
2: uh.
3: I hope everybody's ready for it.
2: I'm sure they will be. And I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that it, it, it's Gene that's behind the whole thing. I, mean, I think we can all pretty much agree upon that. You don't have to say, but we pretty much all know that's what it is.
3: Well, yeah, I don't want to say any days either, but I think you to. all got the right. Yeah. yeah, It's just pretty much a no brainer. Um, yeah. yeah it's it, it's just, you know, because the first time I talked to him, I said, Hey dude, check this out. Whatever we did in the past, you know, whatever it was I did, I'm sorry, man. Check it out. I hope we're, we're strong enough. We're big enough that we can move past that. Um, you know, a lot of us go to work every day. We don't like who we work with a lot of times, but we still go to work. Um, let's just go to work and, you know, put out some music, man. I mean, together we actually put out good music. Um, he's got some really good ideas. I mean, he's a very talented gentleman. Um, I just, he just needs a little honing, in my opinion. That's just me. Yeah. Um, and I think between the two of us, we put out some really good music. Um, but he, uh, he feels differently. And that's that's cool, man. I can respect that. And because he's been doing it so long, um, you know, yeah, he does have a little bit more pull in the industry. Yeah, his manager does know a couple more people than I do. That's obvious. Um, Yeah. But it's it's cool, man, because he'll see that no matter what I'm doing, dude. I've got some awesome, awesome musicians on this team, and they are just they're they're so gun ho, man. I'm Joe is just beyond all get up. I mean, and you know, Joe's been with with some top notch bands. Um, you know, creator and, and, and whiplash and I mean, come on, these are small bands. I mean, all these guys, they're just they're just freaking phenomenal. And you know. to have them up there going, you know, what are we doing next, on And you know, we get to throw out a- another one of our own tunes, or we're gonna throw out, you know, I plan on doing like We Have Arrived and Darkness Descends and Burning of Sodom and Merciless. Of course, I'm gonna do all the all the all the hits kind of, kind of thing. And I know the cra- that's what they want to see. That's what I'm gonna give them because that was me, man. I wrote those. Um, Absolutely. I th- yeah, that's that's what I did, and and of course I'm gonna get out there and do those. That's 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 what it's about. And of course, when we throw in a couple of new ones, they're gonna go, wow, that's really, and they're gonna walk away singing them too, man, because they're fucking catchy and they're fucking good hooks, and they're <sighs> and they're it's meaty and it's and it's fast and it's, and it's and it's grindy and it's just it. I'm stoked. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, the, the band is really from all over the place. I mean, Joe Joe is my boy. Joe's been on the show dozens of times uh, from Brooklyn. Oh, right on. And, yeah, and you got guys from all over the, all over the place. So does it make it a little bit more challenging uh, when it comes to putting everything together and writing, or with the internet? Oh in no, the it's the opposite. It? Yeah,
3: it it, it, it it's, it's so much easier because everybody kind of when when we hear something like we don't say that we don't like something. There's a way to put it without you know crushing somebody else or making them feel like shit. And and the way that we go about each song is you know we we'll, we'll play it and then we'll go hey you know that sounds really cool but check this out how about like this. And usually whenever we do something like that, it is a little bit different, a little bit better, and we'll go with that. And each one of us just has something to add in with our own little flavor. And at the end of the song, man, it, it, you can't help but have a, a, a masterpiece. I mean, you, you, we've got these songs that are just that – that are dead nut. I mean, these guys have been playing for so long, they know what sounds good where. And, you know, I'm just loving life right now, man. I just, you couldn't get much better than this.
2: No, absolutely not. You know, Donnie, let's go back to the beginning a little bit. I mean, this all kind of came out of shell shock. I mean, it was Rob, yeah. Mike, yourself, and Jimmy. This even for Eric, I think, was in the band. He didn't really join, I guess, until it actually became Dark Angel uh, at that point sure. in the time. Two classic metal albums that, I mean, they're on everybody's list of top ten records. They're just amazing. But then things seem to fall apart after the second record comes out. And things just kind of went to shit. I know you've talked over the years about, you know, you have problems with drugs and there's other things. Uh, but was it that bad at that time that, you know, it, it had to end for you with the band?
3: Well, you know, it was just at a point where I, okay, I, I had a full-time job. I was working at McDonnell Douglas. Um, I was in the aerospace business. I was making really good money. And I just bought my house. Um, I was, you know, going to get married and, and, you know, start the life. And it just came down to I had to pay the bills. And, unfortunately, the music it wasn't paying that well yet. And I did, I was not aware of the European tour that was that was um, going to be uh, given to us in the next week. Uh, if I would have known, I may have chose a different path. But it wasn't presented to me. Um, Gene knew about that. I didn't. And if he chose to hold it or whatever he did, all I know is um, by the time I had told them, look, i got to pay my bills, I'm pulling out, um... That's, that's what I did, you know, and, and I, I was able to pay my rent, and I, I was able to get married, and I, and I had my, my, my child, and, um, you know, I don't regret doing what I did um, because of I have three beautiful children. Um, I was there for them all the way. I loose to say I wouldn't have been there if I was in the band, but I know I was there for them. Um, I know I worked a lot of hours and a lot of days, and it would have probably cut into the music business, but um, I know I'm here now, and I'm, I'm here to finish what I started, and I'm not gonna, you know, the the wife actually even my wife, um, uh, her and I have uh, chose different paths, and we don't we no longer have the same things in common anymore, so um, I'm kind of like a free man again.
0: So,
1: oh okay,
3: I'm back to um, music is my life. You know, I this, this this whole time don't get me wrong, I've been off stage. I've done productions, I've done you know, I've sang and I've I've done stuff off you know just not in the limelight. Um, I didn't want to be. You know, back back there, but now it's time. I mean, my kids are grown, and and I've got I've got ace musicians that are that are willing to go out and and play, and it doesn't matter when or where we play, they're there. I mean, th- these are five shows during the week. I mean, they're taking their. If you had a job, you wouldn't be able to do this. So that just tells yeah. me that they're is heart- dedicated, and and that these guys are in it for the long haul, and that's what that's what we need. We need somebody who's going to be there, and then. Um, you know, I don't know if you've heard yet, but we're, we're already uh, booking the show over on the, um, on the East Coast, um, a festival over there. And we'll probably be throwing in a, a few more dates, of course. Um, so we'll be, we'll be heading over to the, um, the East Coast here real shortly. And, you know, I know there's a lot of DA fans over there. And they'd love to hear darkness, and they'd love to hear We Have Arrived, and And I'm going to give it to them, man. If, if they want to hear it, they got it.
2: Uh, I am I know the festival, I know what you're playing I just, I can't, I didn't want to say anything about it yet Until the promoter, you know, puts all the lineup About there for everybody So I know what you're talking about And I will be there for that And I'm so looking forward to it stuff. And, and, and yeah. it's just going to be amazing But what are the plans now with the band? I mean, are you going to look to start recording And put out an album with all the new music As soon as you can?
3: Actually, um, the studio where we're rehearsing in right now um, has, a, has, a, has a has a bomb room I mean, it, it, they're A-room and we're, we're practicing in it now. When we get done with these five shows, we're going to come back here. We're going to go in. It's like a studio. And we're going to record. And we're going to do a little demo. And basically just give that to the, uh, the record companies because they want to actually hear what we're doing. Um, they're, they're not just up on signing anybody anymore just um, due to the fact that, you know, so many bands were signed back in the day and, you know, too fast, too, too hard. And they want to hear something now. So we're going to put together um, a little demo And uh, give that to the record companies and see if they want to endorse an album. And if that's the case, we're going to go ahead and put out an album and take it from there. Probably do a tour on it.
2: That would be fantastic. I mean, over the years, have you seen like the interest building up in your music? You know, with with the Internet now, before the Internet, you really didn't have a gauge of what people were thinking, if they were still into what you were doing. Did you see like how many people interested in like, you know, what you did with Dark Angel and looking for you to come back?
3: yeah i, I did i I've, I've been watching a long time and when when metal kind of faded back for a minute um i was I was kind of taken back, but you know what it wasn't the right time anyways for me um like back in two thousand um i know d a actually hit me up to come back and do a reunion with them, and I had just told them i my daughter was you know just born it wasn't right yet, and just metal kind of was you know still it wasn't it wasn't building like it is right now. It, yeah. there, there's a whole new wave right now of all the, all the youngsters, man. And they're looking at all the old school guys going, you guys knew what you were doing back then. We kind of don't know where we're going right now, but we know what we're hungry for. Kids are starving man. they're starving for some, for some good metal. And, you know, it's to us, it was kind of like second nature. It's just how we write, but it, we're playing, we're playing our tunes and, and these these kids are loving it, man. They're, they're just, it, it's, it's old school today is all it is. And we're having a blast doing it. And the kids are just, you know, I, I've seen it grow and grow and grow. And there's just a hunger right now. And there's nobody else out there doing it. And it's kind of like we have an open market right now. It's kind of really cool because we're, we're like the, we're it, you know, yeah. if you're going to look yeah. at somebody new, who who are you really looking at? There's nobody else out there, you know? And it's just an opportunity that I really can't see let go by. Um, and what I, I'm not doing anything anyways, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of right now in my life, I'm just, I'm doing music regardless. So if I do it for somebody or if I do it for me, I'm still going to do it. And I'm just, you know, blessed to have uh, <laughs> four more guys that are just on board with it. And it's, it's really cool.
2: Yeah. You know, Don, we're excited to me I'm going to cut you loose a little bit because we're running out of time. And I just want to get a couple of songs on. But I can't wait to see you guys in New York when you get here. You know, on the East Coast, I'll say. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys live. And the best of luck with the shows this week and the new music. And say hi to my boy Joe for me. Tell him Mike said hello.
3: I sure will, Mike. Thanks again for your time. I appreciate it.
2: You got it, Don. Take care. All right. All right, Mr. Don Dottie from Dark Angel and now Eliminate. Let's get in one more tune. We're getting close to the end of the show here. And uh, we kind of got him on the line a little later than we wanted to. But let's do The Burning of Sodom. Again on a little whiplash over there with Snake Pit that features Eliminate Drummer Joe Cangelosi on drums. His first record with the band and the band's second record overall. All right, we got about 15 minutes left in the show. Enough time to play a few more tunes over there. Uh, next week I'm going to get on some uh, new Sabaton. New High Spirits. Uh, Chris from High Spirits will be on the show, I think, the first week of September. I have to double-check. We're just lining everything up right now for the September shows. And the third week of September, I believe it's the 18th, will be our eighth-year anniversary show. Uh, Usually, we always try to get, you know, some big-name guests on the show. All my guests are big-name guests to me, but we try to get some, like, well-known guests on the show for that week. But this year, Mike Sabatini from Attacker is going to co-host the show for two hours with me. Uh, we're going to play music off all the Attacker records, talk about it in a timeline fashion, and then play a lot of music that Mike likes in between all the songs over there. And we're going to debut songs off the brand new record. Uh, I can't tell you the Title 11 or anything yet. Mike wants to debut it on that show. Uh, so we'll get on a couple of cuts off that album. And he's got a lot of big news coming up for the band with shows and everything else. And we'll talk about it that night. I don't want to jump the gun and, and speak for Mike, uh, even though I know what's going on. We'll save it for then. It should be a really cool show. we got a lot of other great guests coming up this month. Uh, Jeff Tate uh, from Queens Reich and Operation Mindcrime will be on. Uh, I believe we have Mike Hound from Metal Church uh, calling in. Also, uh, who else do we have? Well, we got so many guests booked, I can't even keep them all on track, but we'll put it up on the Facebook page and on the website uh, in two weeks at the end of this month over there. All right, let me see right now. Warrant, they tapped Jeff Peelson to uh, produce the new album for them. Uh, they should have tapped the PR firm to help promote them because I didn't even know they were still together and they were still playing. I don't think a lot of people have that the band is even out there these days. Uh, so that's really who they should have tapped before, a producer. Uh, and I used to think that, you know, Paul Diano was like, you know, as about as bad as it can be with living off that old Iron Maiden shit, going out there playing all the Iron Maiden tunes, especially when he talked trash about them for so many years. But at least Paul Diano played on those first two classic Iron Maiden records, to me, probably two of their best records i and you know, i do prefer his music over anything else i just didn't care how he butchered a mascot over all these years trying to do it on his own uh but at least he played on those records dave evans that original singer from ACDC, i've never seen a guy uh live so far in the past where he constantly talks about acdc and like how they don't acknowledge him he was in the band i think for six months maybe seven months they recorded a single, which wasn't even, like, hard rock. It was, like, like you know, like, late 60s, early 70s, like, rock, you know. <laughs> it wasn't even, like, you know, the AC/DC sound. And not only does he do that, but he goes out and tours all the time. Like, I pull down and play, like, every night somewhere in the world. This guy does the same thing, but he plays all the AC D C songs from albums that he wasn't even on. He was really never on any ACDC record. You know, I guess he was in the band for a few months. He talks about how Bon Scott stole a lot of his shit, like you know, carrying Angus young on his shoulders and wearing tight pants. Like, who the fuck wasn't wearing tight pants in the seventies? I don't care if you were in hard rock, heavy metal, disco, every guy wore tight pants in the seventies. <laughs> it's just the, the style. You know, and he talks all this shit, but he goes out there and he does like all this bon Bon Scott ever AC/DC. Brian Johnson ACDC It wasn't even his version of it It wasn't even something he was a part of At least even even Blaze can say Even though he recorded two records with Iron Maiden That weren't like the most popular He always sang all the other Iron Maiden songs live with the band So even he has a little bit of a right to play those songs live Because at least he was a part of the real Iron Maiden playing it This guy had nothing to do with anything ACDC did and it just keeps living off that fucking ACDC thing. It just never ends with this guy. Talking about how he would play with the band like after Brian Johnson uh, you know, left with his ear problems with his hearing problems, that he would play with. They had to offer him the right amount of money. If they told that guy to jump on a plane for, and pay for it and fly there and play for free, pay for his own hotels, he would have did that shit too. <laughs> I mean, this guy's a crackpot. That's just my opinion of it. But it is what it is. And then uh, Bob Daisley... He's going back to court again. He's going to take on Ozzy and Sharon one more time. And he's not keeping the gloves. Not that he kept the gloves on the last time. I guess because I read the book. He wrote a great book time again. Even though he got screwed on the first record, screwed with the second record, they brought him back for almost every Ozzy album, I think, until the second album that Zach Wild was on, or the first album, to write and record music with him, play bass, put lyrics together. But he kept going back, too, which I never got. You got screwed once. Why keep going back again? I just completely don't get that especially when you're not really even getting paid i mean you know there was a uh, Davy suicide was put up some video on youtube about how some record labels screwed him on the first record but then he honored the second record I'm like if you got screwed the first time why are you gonna even bother the second time contract or no contract i just don't get it that's just my thing but i hope bob days it does put a hurting on them this time and gets his money because he does deserve it because let's face it i mean randy rhodes major part of the band that guitar sound everything he did, but Bob was the man pulling the strings musically. He wrote a lot of the music. He rounded out most of the stuff that, you know, Randy did by, you know, making putting it together song-wise. He wrote almost all the lyrics that I had. I mean, Giza wrote some of the too when he played with the band a little bit, but it was mostly all Bob Daisley. So I hope that he does hurt them. I hope he gets his money that he's due uh, before he dies one day. I guess <laughs> enjoy some of it. Hopefully this won't drag on for a long time and he'll get what he's entitled to because he does deserve it. And he is actually one of my favorite bass players. The guy has a sound that's just unbelievable. Love Bob Daisley's bass playing. All right, let's get on another tune. How about some talus? Talking about great bass plays. Billy Sheenan's band. Set your teeth into that. No. Ormond Capital, USA, that was Crisis, uh, Crank It Up. I believe it came off of uh, the, I know it was on the arm to the TVP, but I think that was also the name of the first demo uh, from back in 1983. They had a lot of demos, uh, singles out, a few compilations, but just the two full-length records, uh, Kick It Out in 85, and then the Hard Bargain record in 2000. Uh, I don't know what the status of the band is today. They were on and off again over the last two or three decades, sometimes on the different names. Uh, But they actually started in the late 70s, around 78, 79, and right until the mid to late 80s, and then they changed their name to Rough Night, and they kept going until like around 95, and then around 2000, they changed their name to 440, and then after that, they became Hardbog, which was the name of the last record, I don't know why, Uh, but they were a trio, pretty good band. They actually look into getting in touch with some of those guys and maybe getting them on the show. You know, I love digging up the old classics, the underground stuff that people don't know about, but... I noticed that when I get them on here, they don't have a lot to talk about, most of them. Some of them only had that one record out, or that one demo, and it's like pulling teeth trying to get them to talk because they just don't really have a lot to talk about. And they've been out of the business for so long, so it's more like a vanity interview where I can just say well, I had them on the show. But really, nothing ever comes out of those interviews. So that's why I kind of don't like doing them. But yeah, we'll see. Maybe I'll, I'll reach into them. They were around for quite some time playing, so they should have uh, plenty to talk about fill felt the 15-minute interview spot. I guess we will have to wait and see with that. J.J. French, you know, from Swiss Assistant, he's always running off of the mouth about something. Now he's talking about, like, where are all the 25-year-old rock stars, uh, that rock stars today are in their 60s, and if he told his mother he was going to see a band of 60-year-olds, like, she would laugh at him or something like that, and there's no more 25-year-old rock stars. Now, I mean, he's trying to say, like, that's the age you should be a rock star in your 20s. And I hear that, I'm laughing because... Twista's sister played out for probably a decade or better before even they got any attention at all. They were really big here in the tri-state area doing the clubs and everything. But they didn't break big nationwide or worldwide until uh, Stay Hungry came out. You know, we're not going to take it in those songs. And J.J. French had to be in his late 30s, maybe early 40s, I want to say. By the time that happened, probably more in the mid to late 30s. So he, he talks a lot of shit. But his band did all the stuff that he talks about, which I find funny, same thing with Dee Schneider. They both run off at the mouth about every little freaking thing, but they were, they're just as guilty. You know, uh, Dee Schneider has been attacking Paul Stanley lately because Paul Stanley said, you know, rock is kind of dead. Nobody's into it anymore. But Dee Schneider said the same thing about heavy metal years ago when new metal was coming out. You know, he's also a guy who's very trendy and jumps with every trend that comes and goes. He's like sort of from the anthrax camp of, you know, whatever we got to do to stay relevant, we'll do. No matter who the fuck we piss off, we're just going to do it anyway. So he's he's part of that school too. So, but this is Twisted Sister's last go around. At least they say it is. It's the fucking 40 tour. I think they're doing the last show over in Europe this weekend at some festival. They're back here. I think at the end of September, beginning of October, uh, they're playing the the Rock Carnival Festival in Lakewood, New Jersey. I don't know if that's their last show altogether, or if they have a few more after that. But that will probably be a last show in the New York, New Jersey area. So, uh. We'll see what comes out of it. They were a great live band. You know, I didn't like a lot of their records. You know, I I love the EP. I love Under the Blade. You know, even You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, even though you saw the changes coming with that album and everything after that, they had a couple of good songs on some of the records, but they tried to become too pop-oriented, too, you know, commercial rock, AOR rock, whatever you want to call it. And I kind of lost it for the band. They kind of imploded upon themselves after the Stay Hungry record anyway. Love is for Suckers to come out and play, to me, with two horrible, horrible records. Uh, And the band kind of had to go away at that point in time, you know. Uh, But live, I didn't care what they were playing. They still are one of the best live bands ever. They were back then, and, you know, I can't take that away from them. They still are one of the best live bands out there. They put on a kick-ass show. Even those, like, commercial type of rock songs are just blistering when you hear them play them live. i got to be honest with you. So, it is Twister Sister. All right, let's cross that off the list. Uh, Rat, Rat's in the news again. The guitar player left the band, I want to say, last week, a kid named Blaze. I, I don't even know who these people are because I really don't even know. Uh, he got into a fight with Blotzer about something, and Blotzer said he would kick his ass, and he just left the band. Robbie Crane, the bass player, actually played with the other, the other guys as Rat, as Rat for a while. Uh, he left not long after. I mean, maybe within a day or two. He departed the band. I brought two replacement people, a new bass player and a guitar player. The bass player said he's only filling in temporarily. Now today, the other guitar player quit the band like yesterday. He's out of the band now. I know there's definitely going to be a rat reunion, mark my word, uh, either by the end of the year or the beginning of next year, they're going to announce it. And it's going to be uh, Piercy and Demartini. I'm pretty sure Cavazo's going to be in there. Juan will be in there. And uh, I think they're going to use the drummer from Stephen Piercy's solo band. Uh, he, you know, he has another band now, too, uh, the Stephen Piercy band, they're calling it. He had another band called Rat Something, Rat Bastards, whatever the hell it was. Uh, but I think they're going to use that drummer in there. And that's going to uh, put an end to what Blotzer is doing. That should just wipe that out altogether completely. All right, let's get on one more tune here. And we'll see if we can keep it going any longer after that. I'm starting to run out of steam myself here. But here's Intruder, cold-blooded killer. Intruder, cold blooded killer. We're gonna wrap it up in a few minutes. One more song to go. I just want to remind everybody, my good friends in Oblivion, the New Jersey Oblivion, they have a brand new well, I can't say it's a brand new record, but it is a brand new record, but a brand new record of all material. Uh Dive Bomb Records is gonna re- release Cyclone Genesis Songs for Armageddon. It's pretty much all the band's demos remastered and put together on a beautiful two-disc set. Dive bomb always does a great job on these re-releases, pick up a copy. I'm going to reach out to Bob Petrosino from the band, see if maybe he wants to come on uh, next month and you know do a little promotion and talk about it and catch up. It's been quite a few years since we've had Bob on the show. But I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. I want to thank Chris Violence. I can't get that song. It's like 25 minutes long. They won't even let me upload. I tried to upload it to my site. It's just saying the file is too large. They won't even let me upload the song. So I don't know what to do. I would have to break it down and then have to play like you know one after the other. Uh, which I definitely can't do today, I don't have time, but uh maybe after the show I could add it on and people could hear it in the podcast. So I do apologize, Chris. That was something that <laughs> I guess they weren't thinking about when they wrote a song that long. The sites like this where you have to upload music, you don't play off your hard drive. Uh it's just too large of a father, I won't let you do it. Uh but check it out, The Raven. It's it's a great album he put together. It's amazing how he got all the words to the to the to to the Raven bag Alan Poe to fit into the music like that. It's just incredible. And I want to thank Don Dottie from Eliminate. Uh, check those guys out when they come here to New York. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. I do appreciate it. It was great having all my boys back in the chat room tonight. A pleasure, like always. Next week, Bobby Gustafsson, ex-Overkill guitar player. He's got his band Satan's Taint going right now. And Holy Grail with uh, John Gallagher from Raven. And uh, there's this band called Chains Over Raises. They've been around for a long time. They were They had a different name. I don't remember what they were called. Uh, they changed their name to Change Over Raises. They signed to Carmine Appeal's new record label. And we're going to help out Carmine by promoting them. We'll have them on the show next week. And then we head into September, year eight for Heavy Metal Mayhem. We got a great guest list lined up for everybody. It's all coming together right now. and We'll keep you up to date on what's happening with that. But let's wrap it up here tonight with some venom with that mean, mean, mean bitch, the Countess Bathory. Take care, everybody. I'll see you next week. Yeah.
0: Record better audio anywhere with Motive Digital Microphones from Sure. Easy to use options like the MV88 plug directly into your phone or computer and include a free app. Create studio quality sound for podcasts, music, and videos. Visit Sure.com to learn more.
3: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered JumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>